Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 216. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I'm joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess. And Brogan King. Hello. Hello. So, a few episodes ago, uh, we did a uh, episode on the top eight worst triggers. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback from that, and uh, and really, I think uh, 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 people got a, a good kick out of it and messaged us with other cards <laughs> that they thought were were awful triggers. So we decided that with this uh, that we'd bring it back, or not necessarily Everyone... miss triggers, but another. BuzzFeed listicle. I was about to say, everyone loves a good listicle. Everyone loves a listicle. Um, so, uh, sit back and enjoy uh, our top ten uh, common mistakes when giving a ruling. Dun, dun, and, dun. And there, there are, again, the caveat of there are going to be some that, that you think of that we may not have thought of or we may not have thought fit within this top ten. And, you know, that's okay. Let us know. Yeah, it's In our other list. Words, yeah, this list is totally subjective. Yeah. And if you want to disagree with this list, will you make your own podcast? <laughs> or or just send us an email, you know, or tweet at us, you know. Yeah. One, one or the and, other. Which, but, whichever but, but you really, feel like doing. Make your own podcast. I want to listen to it. Yes. All right. So, on our list of the top ten common mistakes when given a ruling, number, number ten, 10 is... Not checking the time uh, when you take the call. Uh, so. Oh yeah, that's that's huge. <laughs> that uh, I am going to be completely honest and say, of everything on this list, this is the thing I am guilty of the most because I am a monster. <laughs> so uh, why do we yeah. check? Why do we check the time when we take a call? Well, we want to know how, how to give extensions. Yeah, we want to know how long the call's been going on, uh, how to, to give an appropriate extension. But also, there are other reasons too. Um, you know, in addition to giving an extension, you also, this can inform things like, uh, whether you expect the players are going to be playing faster, you know, whether you're looking for maybe stalling or something along those lines. Also to, to know offhand, um, if they, these people may be playing game two or game one, if there are sideboard cards, things like that, just having a sense of where you're at in the round. The, and the worst, the worst part of this is you don't actually realize that you should have that you're gonna need to have checked the time until it's well after a point where you <laughs> could have already checked it uh, because you know when when you get the call you don't know whether it's gonna be a 20 second call or it's gonna be a 10 minute call you don't really know mm-hmm. and and if it's a three minute call one of the worst things you can do is when you get time to give the ruling you give the ruling and you're like all right and I'll give you a you might think you're good at guessing the time but you're probably not you're awful at it uh yeah i'm not good at it Uh, and so actually recently uh there's another thing you can do uh in addition to checking the time what i've done recently i've got a uh i've got a uh i've got a digital watch that i think is a pretty neat idea and uh it's it's just got these buttons on and then i could press a button and it immediately starts a stopwatch right on my watch and that's uh that's the habit i've gotten into recently when i take a judge call somebody raises their hand and calls for a judge and i immediately just push the button on my watch and then i'm yeah. i'm off to the races you know that, and that uh, does the same thing right what's that it does the same uh, thing it, as far as the extension is concerned yeah. it does the same thing 
Um, it doesn't. It doesn't tell where you're at in the round, but it does tell how long you've been there. Right, and then for me, it was a much easier habit to form than looking for the clock and finding the clock and seeing what time is left, uh, and then remembering it. Uh, having to remember that number and not having to jot the number down somewhere. Right. So if I form the habit of pushing the button, then I can look later on and go, okay, well, it's been four and a half minutes. Uh, that also means I'm never going to get into an argument with a player over how much time to give an extension for. Mm. Because I, I've had that happen where I go, well, I came over here at 37 minutes in the round. And they go, no, you came over here at 35. Well, what do you say in that situation? You, you check out my sweet stopwatch. Right. So if I go, if I look at the clock, if I look at my watch and I go, well, I've been tracking the time and it's been three and a half minutes, you know, that's, that's much more, uh, satisfying to the player who was concerned. It's, it's, it's more concrete and easily verifiable. Right. Because even if I know I'm right, if I'm just overruling that player, he feels like he or she feels like they've lost two minutes. Um, and that's not good. Yeah. So that was number 10. Moving on to number nine. I like that Brian's making his own bumpers. Well, I'm. I'm <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't have a response to that. Uh, well, what if we don't re- remember what number this is in the list? Oh. And then we get lost <laughs> and we have to start yeah. over. Number 10. So n- <laughs> number, it might be nine. <laughs> who knows? I didn't check. Um, is if you take a call and. They players appeal. You run away to go find a. He- don't run, please don't run. You go find a head judge Saunter. to. <laughs> you you skip away to find a head judge, <laughs> and you explain to them what's going on. You come back and you don't remember where the players were or what table number your appeal was at. Mm-hmm. This is obviously only going to be an issue at a larger event. It's not going to necessarily be an issue at you know F and M. But um, if if you are at if you are at a Grand Prix or at a Magic Fest, the look of panic um, on a judge's face where you go, "Great, where are we going?" and then they immediately just turn <laughs> around and then they come back and look at you with this, "Uh oh," <laughs> <laughs> this this very horrified look of, "I know what I've done." Yeah, this could also come up if somebody needs to check a deck list mm-hmm. for something. Uh, and you check the list, and then you realize you don't know where to go back to. At least in that case, you have a name, so you can it's find it. It's just an it. extra step. Uh, but losing it on an appeal, losing it on an appeal is just embarrassing, especially if, you know, you're following, if it's at a Grand Prix, and, and, and there's just, like, you're running around trying to find the table, and there's this this head judge in a maroon shirt, or God forbid, you're at a pro tour, there's this head judge in an orange <laughs> shirt following you around, looking for a table. Uh, you You... Like you, it's you just, just super get embarrassing, to feel so and everybody bad. knows what's and, happening yeah. too. So. And occasionally, occasionally, the players will will see you wandering around and wave their arms at you and indicate that they're yep. that mm-hmm. they're looking that you're looking for them. Yeah, and that does not help. Uh, I have seen this occur by accident where a player asks another judge to stand at the table so they could find them again, and that judge oh, sits down. No. Uh, so so it's important. To know the table number, even if you think you have another way of finding the players, just know the table number. You can in some makes situations grab the slip um, and makes and take that. In which case, you have the table number yeah, with if, you. If there is a slip at the table and you are leaving the table and intend to come back, taking the slip with you is a mm-hmm. good habit to have. Uh, that is that is most judge calls where you're going to leave the table. There's also going to be a slip. 
So grab the grab the match slip. Anything else we want to say about? It will have the table number. Want to say it. about appeals? Uh, there are there were a lot of appeals things that can go wrong uh, that that we talked about, but this is probably the worst, right? Like this may not be the most common thing that goes wrong on an appeal. This is clearly the the most detrimental, like just not being able to take the appeal because you don't right. know where it is. Be- is <laughs> being able to worst. convey that information uh, to the head judge. Like there are always going to be issues that come up during an appeal, but this is, I think both the most common and the most troublesome. Yeah, for sure. Number eight. Number eight, 2018. Ooh. <laughs> we got to get out of 2018. Um, this is, this is a, an annoying one. Um, basically, taking over another judge's call or or stealing their call um if mm-hmm. if i don't know the answer if i am if i want to consult with another judge on a on a ruling and i let the players know hey y'all i'm gonna go talk to someone else um let me talk to them and we'll come back to you with an answer i if i go talk to jess then jess takes over my call and goes back and answers all of their questions without talking to me and just starts answering all their questions all he has taken away that that sort of interaction we've already had he has just come in and and taken it over mm-hmm. and and that was in a situation where you asked just for help it's it's even still worse when like someone's just there shadowing you and mm-hmm. you're you're having a little bit of trouble maybe you're not exuding a whole lot of confidence or the players don't understand what's going on and then the other judge just steps in Talks over you. and starts correcting or, or helping. And I understand judges want to be helpful. They, they, you know, they see a problem and they want to fix it. But there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And just stepping in and interacting with the players when you weren't the judge that took the call is not the right way to do that. Now, if I'm taking a call and just and I deliver my ruling, and I step away and Jess thinks there's something a little bit off about what I said. He can say, y'all, could you hold on for one second? And or or if it's not something that urgently needs to be fixed, pull me aside after and talk to me. But either way, if, if Jess sees something wrong, he can say, hey, could y'all hold on for just one second? Um, I have a couple of questions I want to review with my colleague here. Um and mm-hmm. we can step aside and talk about them. And if it turns out that maybe Jess misheard what I said and everything's okay, or if maybe there was something that I that I that was said incorrectly or maybe phrased poorly, that is a much less intrusive way than just immediately jumping in and and ta- and mm-hmm. undoing what I said. That also gives me the power to go back and talk to them and explain. I've also been in situations where um, where a, a judge is, is taking a call, and maybe they're a newer judge or new to competitive RAL. A judge is taking a call, and they don't know what to do, and it's a complicated situation, and they just have this mm-hmm. deer-in-the-headlights look. They're not asking me for help. They're just mm-hmm. staring at the players. They don't know what to do. Um, that's a situation where, where I know I'm going to need to get involved. But what I don't want to do is just jump in and take it over. I, even in that situation, will ask, do you mind if I jump in here and handle this? 
And they always say, yeah, that's fine, right? Like, because in that situation, they're just, they don't know what to do. Um, Or I might ask if I think it's something they can handle, they just need a piece of a piece of information or a piece of advice. I'll say, can I talk to you away from the table and I'll give them what I think they need and ask if they'd like to, to continue the call. Um, so like it's sometimes it's appropriate to take over a judge call, but it's not appropriate to, to take it away from somebody without giving them the opportunity mm-hmm. to hang on to it. Does that make sense? There, there needs to be an opportunity to, to, to handle it yourself before somebody just immediately comes in and does it for you right yeah yeah yeah, exactly uh and uh and sometimes it just takes somebody a second to think through things and then come up with an answer and the only feedback you're going to give them is you know here's how you stall better to make it look like you know what you're talking about there have definitely been moments where Uh i um i know i can explain something but based on how I would communicate it, based on how I'm communicating with the players and how the other judge that I'm working with is communicating with the players, if it seems like they're going to be able to explain it better in a way that that player is going to understand, I don't mind if that other judge takes over. I just, it is important to give your fellow judges the opportunity to, to take their calls the way they want to take them. Mm-hmm. And an and extension of this, and I would think it would go without saying, but it's happened to me more than once as the head judge of an event. If I'm taking an appeal, you shouldn't try to take the call back from yeah. me. Uh, so if I'm if I'm taking an appeal and I'm asking some questions and maybe the players say something that doesn't quite line up with what you understood and you're the judge who originally took the call, um, that's not the appropriate moment to jump in and go, that's right. not what you said before, uh, and, and start <laughs> arguing with the player. Because I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to, to talk about that, uh, but... But it's at this point, it becomes the head judge's call when there's an appeal involved. You know, if, if I'm and it doesn't matter if I know more about the situation or, or, or anything. If, if I'm, for example, if Brian's the head judge and I'm the floor judge and I feel that there's information he needs to know, I should still do that thing where now it's his call. I say, Brian, can I talk to you away from the table? Because this is information I think you need. Yep. Um, Number seven. Uh, this is not approaching from the side of the calling player. Uh, I'm going to go into this a little bit. Um, so generally speaking, the player that calls for the judge is the player that wants to speak with you. Okay, it's it's not very often that the, the person who doesn't want to speak to you is the one who's calling for the judge. Um, it's the one with the problem, uh, the player with the problem. So... If you approach from that side, because you don't know why they're going to want to talk to you, it could be that they, you know, just want Oracle text. It could be that they want to, you know, talk about something on the board state. So you want to be positioned so that you can see the cards or they might want to talk to you about something in their hand. Okay, and if you if they want to show you something in the hand and you approach from the opposite side, you're now going to have to walk all the way around now. If it's not logistically possible, like if it's an outside row and you happen to be, you know, two feet away from you can just step up to the table and you're you're at the other side, you know, you're on the opponent's side. Go ahead and do that. But what you want to do is you want to you want to approach from the side that the of the of the player who's calling and then kind of if they're if they're showing you what's in their hand and talking about that stuff, you want to keep that stuff secret. You know, if they're like, hey, how do I do this you can offer to talk to them away from the table but you don't want to give any information away yeah i i definitely have a tendency to if a player 
I walk, I walk up and a player is like, starts to, to lift up their hand and like hold it toward me. I just immediately go for the, Hey, do you want to talk about this away from the table? So they're not just trying to like a whisper and point at cards and not use <laughs> yeah, words. Yes, please. Can we do that, please? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> right. Yep. So that's, uh, that's, that's number seven. Yeah, that one's, that one's pretty yep. straightforward. Number six. <laughs> number six is not talking to the other player before giving a ruling. Um, so I see judges do this a lot and not even think about it when they think a ruling is straightforward. If, if a player calls me to the table, for example, if a player calls me to the table and says, judge, I went to draw a card and instead picked up these two cards, uh, and he describes to me you know, a situation that is, that is looking at extra cards, mm-hmm. right? Um, I might go, okay, well, that's easy to fix. That's called looking at extra cards. Here's how we fix that and move on. Um, but the opponent might have some information that is relevant to this discussion. If I said to the opponent, do you have anything to add to this? Or is their description, you know, what, what you saw here or just any question at all? It gives them the opportunity to speak up and maybe say something like, oh, yeah, well, he actually drew both of those cards and combined them with his hand or, or something along those yeah. lines. Um, it, information that I wouldn't have had because I didn't give the other player the opportunity to speak. Now, a seasoned competitive player might speak up there and say, actually, this different thing happened. But if, so, if it's somebody's first tournament, they may not even know yep. that they can. So you need to make sure you give both players the opportunity to speak and ask them – uh, what's happened. And this goes along with, with something else that, that judges don't do, which is uh, make sure they understand the situation. Uh, one question I always ask at a judge call, even simple judge calls, is let me make sure I got this right. And I run back through what both players have told me to make sure I understand the situation so that if I don't understand it, they correct me. Yeah, I... Um, Almost always we'll, we'll do a, we'll, both because I'm bad at hearing and to make sure I, I understand, um, is, is if a player says, well, this happened, just give the other player the, hey, um, would you agree that that's basically what happened? And they'll either say no and fix it and say something else, or they'll say, yeah, and we'll go from there. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. What do we have next, Brian? Number five. Number five. Uh, that's that's a that's a five golden rings, right? Ooh. In the Christmas spirit. Where are we doing the ten days of judgments? Yes, letting the players Ooh. argue. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's that's we should have done that from the beginning. Well, we need that's to start it. Over right now. Eight buddings uh, in seven, not approaching six. Something, something with the other players. Players players argue. Beautiful. This is a beautiful song. (laughs) We're 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 professional Christmas judgments carolers now. Uh, Yes. Be on the lookout. Coming to a (laughs) tournament near you. Um. So what? What is number five? Actually, number five. Actually, though, is is. Just letting the players argue with each other and just letting them talk over you and and just vent without going anywhere with a real direction. So if if they're if the two play if there are 
are two players that disagree on what's going on. Um, they are very likely to get heated about it if you don't sort of step in and calm it down a little bit and just say, hey, if if you could let this person talk for a second, I want to hear what they have to say. When they are done, I would absolutely love to hear what you have to say. And just not letting them, not letting one person do all the talking. Um, or letting, or just letting one of them scream at the other one for whatever reason. So, so when you have two players and you're, and you're giving a ruling and, or, or sorry, when you're asking what's going on and one player is saying, well, I did this and this. And then the other player starts, no, you didn't. You did so and so and such and such. And no, I didn't. And they, they start going back and forth. What's a tip or trick that you can do to gain control back of that situation? Separate those two friends. Let one of them stay at the table grab another judge, have them hang out with that person at the table, talk to one of them away from the table, let them cool off, let them say what they need to say, and then have them sit down, bring the other person back. Mm-hmm. Now, this could be this could be a physical separation, like Brogan just described, or it can just be an interruption of the situation. If they're arguing with each other, sometimes it's enough to just say, I need you guys to stop arguing with each other and start mm-hmm. talking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get both sides of the story, but I need to get it one at a time, and we're gonna start with this gentleman. Um, yep. or, or, or however you, you handle that to politely stop it. And if at that point it doesn't work out, absolutely, yeah, separate those players. Or if they're just, you know, if things are looking like they're about to escalate, please separate the players. <laughs> Don't think I just said you have to take that step first. It's it, whatever, whatever you are comfortable doing. Uh, if it is easier for you to, immediately yeah. physically separate them if that is less confrontational like because in, in from my experience i have a much easier time doing that than saying hey whoa whoa hold on only talk at once just that and that's 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 my style if if that doesn't work for you do whatever is is most comfortable for you yeah uh one one other thing if you do need to separate the players because they're they're being you know, aggressive. You can, one option is you can take one of the players away from the table and talk to them away from the table. You can also have one of the players just step over to the side and then stay at the table and talk to the other player, especially if you're going to need to talk about like cards that have been played and moving around and stuff like that. Uh, But, but definitely if the, if the players start arguing, you know, first try and, and do the, Hey, talk to me. Uh, or I'm going to give you an opportunity to say something, uh, let the other person finish. We need, or, or else I'm never going to be able to figure out what happens. And if it continues, yeah, just, you know, you, you go come here with me for a second right. please, or some variation of that. Um, yeah, it's in conveying it as a, as a sense of, Hey, I, I am here to help get this figured out. It's going to be really hard to get it figured out if I, if I can't focus on what's being said it's it that usually helps a lot because it it sort of pulls them back reins them back in and says oh right we actually need to get this figured out <laughs> instead of just venting yep you know like the latest fashion like a spread and disease kids are strapping on the way to the classroom no what's that uh not- no i don't i don't you don't recognize it nope so let's come out and play by the offspring hey hey Pay no mind if you're under eighteen, you won't be doing any time. Oh, got to keep, got to keep them separated. separated. Yeah, I got it. You know, I don't uh, understand. Cool. 
I was I was also trying to like figure out what, I, what was going I on. I figured it out once you started saying it in like the rhythm of the song. I just that's yeah. one of those songs where I've listened to it a thousand times and could not tell you any of the dang words to it other than like the chorus. <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh that's all for uh you know, five players arguing. <laughs> now we have number 4. Number 4. Uh, this one is uh, uh, not making sure or, or leaving the table and giving the ruling and leaving before you're sure that the players understand or are okay with the ruling. Like when you're giving a ruling, you know, sometimes sometimes the players, especially if it's something like HCE or maybe shuffling away a, a, a card from from looking at extra cards, they're not going to fully get why you're doing it and they'll they'll do it but it's very very clear that they don't understand what's going on and mm-hmm. or they or they're not comfortable or they disagree and their their body language is telling you that they're they're not comfortable they're not happy they don't understand but they don't feel like they have a a, a voice in the situation at this point so in that particular case when you start you know make sure that the players understand the ruling uh this is specific especially important with HCE uh, because the the fix for HCE is something like reveal your hand and the opponent's going to pick a card from it and that card's going to get shuffled away. If you explain it in the bits and pieces and you say like, okay, player, you know, player, please reveal your hand to the opponent. And they reveal their hand to the opponent. And then you say, okay, now the opponent's going to pick a card from it. And the opponent picks a card. You go, and now we're going to shuffle that card away. And they go, whoa, 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 wait, no, I don't <laughs> agree with that. Now I want to appeal. Uh, well, well, wow, you've, you've just, if, uh, uh, if they decide that, that HCE is, is incorrect, you, you kind of made things a little bit hard on yourself, uh, because that, that player just revealed their hand. You, you can't, you can't undo that at this point. Yeah, you can't take that back. Uh, but definitely if you're given the ruling and you're seeing that, uh, that the player is, is uncomfortable, you know, stop and ask and say like, Hey, I noticed maybe you don't seem okay with this. Do you, do you have some more questions or do you want, you know, maybe you can offer, if they seem really upset, you can offer the appeal, you know, which is, you know, I see that you're having a problem. Would you like to appeal? You know, you do have that option. Uh, but yeah, definitely just don't like, Give a give a give a ruling and and leave the players kind of confused and wondering. I don't understand what's going on. And explain your ruling. Explain your ruling and what you're going to do before you just start doing it. <laughs> because if if you start performing actions, like sort of like what Brian said, if you start just doing things and then you get through part of it and someone decides, wait, what? Hold on, why are we doing this? If we do this, here's another piece of information that you didn't take into consideration. Well, crap, we've already started trying to fix it this way. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Right. Well, that leads us right to our next our next number, right? Yes. Number three. Not asking enough questions to make sure you understand the situation. Now, we covered this a little bit in the last one and a little bit earlier with asking the opponent if they have any information, but... Uh, sometimes people don't ask enough questions to, to make sure they understand the situation. Um, I have an example of this from my own past uh, at a Grand Prix where um, I took a call from two players who explained to me that there had been an attack 
and then there had been, you know, in the next turn, the, a player played a spell illegally. Uh, the other way around, I'm sorry. A player played a spell illegally, and then their uh, the, then they, their opponent attacked, and that's all that's happened. That's where we're at in the game. And I didn't quite clarify exactly all that had happened, uh, or exactly what actions had occurred. And, and I went to find uh, a level three judge at the time I was in L two. The, the level three judge to get do a backup, and that that judge came to the table and asked the same questions and, and that I did. Uh, and got the same answers that I did, and neither of us had asked enough questions to really get the information. And so when I went to perform the backup, I went, okay, we're going to back up all of the actions that have occurred up to this point. And it was at this point that they said, oh, all of the actions? Oh, well, let me tell you. So I cast <laughs> this this combat trick, and then there was this counter spell, and then there was this other thing. And, and it's just like, oh, wait, hold on. This no longer seems like it's a good backup. Right. Perhaps and it was not. awkward. Um, and uh, now in this situation, uh, the players volunteered all that information, and and we ended up in the right space, even though it was a, a little bit later than it should have been. Um, but there are lots of cases where if you don't ask questions, you're not going to have enough information to make a correct ruling. Um, and often those questions are about communication or shortcuts that might have occurred or, excuse me, or past actions that have taken place uh, in the game or things like that. Uh, another another example that 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 almost got me one time was a player comes over and he does and they, they do the whole, you know, I was going to draw my card and I picked up the second card and saw what it was. Mm. OK, now you might, you yeah. might come in and say, like, OK. Uh, sounds like looking at extra cards, opponent, is that what happened? Yes. Um, well, he kind of looked around and I was like, okay. And the, and the player was, uh, was saying, I know what the fix is. You know, you're going to shuffle that second card away. I go, yeah. Um, and then I look over and I, and I see a card in the graveyard that let him scry to. And I go, and I go, when was that cast? And the opponent was like, oh, they, they just cast it. Literally just now. Yeah, so so I was just like, oh, so we knew what that second card was already, and the guy was like, uh, yeah. So we ended up because of that they put both on they they put both on top. Uh, they put both on top. Yeah, uh, they kept both on top, and so we because of that interaction, because of that additional question, that fully understanding what was going on, we got to have a very different conversation for the rest of that call. Um, so uh, uh. Yeah, definitely making sure that you ask uh, ask questions. You understand what spells were cast. Um, if you're doing a, a card counting situation, you know you want to make sure that you you take into account you know cards in the graveyard that that might add cards uh, to the, to the count. You want to make sure that the players aren't leaving anything out. You know where they say like you're you're considering a rewind and there maybe there's a land drop that you 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 got to account for or you're rewinding untapping and t- retapping lands um yeah just uh just you know kind of sit there and explore everything this and that, that does go along with the not talking to the other player piece in that that gives you a whole another set of inf- information that the other per- person may not have given you and so you can get a greater understanding of what's actually going on. Yeah. And and as a, a corollary to this, which is not not asking enough questions, there's also the 
starting to talk and give the ruling before you know where you're going to end up. Um, uh, so you, you just sit there and you're like, all right, um, you know, you know, so someone, someone says, you know, I went to go draw the top card off the, you know, the top card of the library and I, the sec, I, I pulled the second card with it and you go, okay, um, so this is looking at extra cards. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna take that card and we're gonna, we're gonna shuffle it away. Oh, do we know any, <laughs> you know, cards on the bottom of the library? Do we know any of the cards on the top? You know, asking that question, you, you had started giving the ruling before you realized that you had, you hadn't asked all the questions. You, you didn't know where you needed to go mm-hmm. when you started giving the ruling. So, you know, think about and collect all the pieces of information you need. All right. Sounds good. Yep. We ready for number two? Number two. Yeah. Number two is uh, not investigating, right? Like that seems that seems like a big one. Um, but we've talked before on the show about how every judge call is to some extent an investigation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, we've covered this a little bit with not asking enough questions uh, to to make sure you understand the situation. But also, not investigating means not asking yourself the question: How did we get here? What what? What were the players thinking that led them to this to this conclusion? Um, you know, if, if a player misses a dark confidant trigger, trigger, for example, well, you know what the policy says is the fix here. But if they missed that trigger when they're at one life and they haven't missed it before at any point in this game, you should be asking some questions. You should be probably getting the head judge involved to see if somebody needs to be disqualified. But you might not ever ask those questions if you're not thinking to yourself, how did we even get here? What are the player's incentives to act this way? Is this different than what they've done before? Right. You 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 may know how to fix the mistake that was made. You may know how to fix the problem, but you want to consider how we got here and what led to that happening right, the way exactly. it did. And maybe... And sometimes it's it's not always going to be a mistake, and you need to be able to take that possibility into consideration. Yep, some something that happens at the beginning of game one, and and you know the 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 people down towards the the end of you know that are that are uh you know one and one and four or something like that versus someone that's it's game the same error in game three of someone's winning in at a PPTQ. You know, suddenly that makes a difference. Uh, so you you definitely want to consider the the context of the call, uh, not just not just the game that you're in, but where you are in the match and what what the incentives could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ask some questions. Give it. <laughs> I say, give it a sniff test. A sniff um, test. Yes, a sniff test. <laughs> Good. Um. So yeah, and so that leads us. To our number one item, number one, which is read the friendly card. (laughs) (laughs) Just just read the cards, please. Yes. Read the card. So many times I have... I've almost given an incorrect ruling because I didn't read the card. And sometimes I have given an incorrect ruling because I didn't read the card. I've even upheld an appeal (laughs) where... Neither the judge nor I, the floor judge nor I read the card, and therefore we got it. We both got it wrong. 
Uh, read the card. Don't be me. <laughs> I have also done this. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a a, a card uh, in the in the most recent set. Uh, Hypothesizzle. Oh boy, right? Hypothesizzle. Yeah. Well, that that card. If you just start to read it, and you're like, "Oh, I know what this does." Uh, you're gonna give you're gonna give some rulings wrong because it's got one of these uh, reflexive triggers. Mm-hmm. But if you just had a glance, it's like, "Oh, draw two cards, discard one for damage target creature." So yeah, you got a target when you cast, but that's not what it says. Uh, it says, you know, draw the two cards, then you may discard a card, and then you know when you do. Uh, so it's got a, a, a reflexive trigger. So you could give the, you know, if you assume you know what the card says, you could give an incorrect ruling. Yeah, just uh, don't. You may have played a card a hundred times, but you may not have played it in the situation that is happening right now. So you may be missing something about it. So I one of one of the first judge calls I ever took involved some people treating a soldier of the pantheon which has protection from multicolored basically calling it a savanna alliance because they kept targeting it with multicolored spells and at the end they explained the whole thing and i'm like well all of that that you just said is irrelevant because of that thing and they're like oh yeah we were just playing savanna alliance hmm. just just read the cards, please. <laughs> There's also a really, really subtle trick you can do with reading the cards. In one of the earlier bullet points, uh, they were talking about, uh, uh, Justin Brogan mentioned, like, stalling or giving yourself time to think. A great way to give yourself time to think without looking like you're, you're, you're thinking is you just pick up the card and read it. Mm. Um you know, politicians, politicians, when they're doing uh, town hall meetings and stuff like that, and you ask a question uh, or they're doing a debate and they reach over and grab that glass of water and they drink it, they ain't drinking it because they're thirsty. They're drinking it because they're thinking about what they're going to say and they're thinking <laughs> about what the answer is. They're stalling. They just don't want to. Right. They're just looking like, yeah. So players, you can't stall. Judges, you read that card. You, you give yourself a few seconds there if you need time to think. Uh, reading, reading the, reading the card is a, is a great way to give yourself and, and, uh, a, a few extra seconds to, to work things out, um, in your ruling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's, uh, read, read the, read the friendly card, uh, or, you know, you can pick other words in there, but, uh, you know, you could call it the <laughs> Ricardo Tessitore fan club if you want. Oh. My gosh. Oh, <laughs> my goodness gracious. Well, I'm never going to be able you know, to unhear okay. that. <laughs> wow. Yes. All right. Well, really quickly, let's go. Let's do a, uh, let's reiterate what they were real quick so people can have a fresh in their minds. Uh, number 10 was checking the time of a call. Make sure you do that. Number nine was remembering the table number on an appeal as well as the other information on an appeal. Number eight was butting into another judge's call or call stealing. Please don't do that. Uh, Number seven was not approaching from the side of the calling player. If a player is raising their hand to call a judge, approach the table from the side of the player raising their hand. Uh, Number six was not talking to the other player before giving a ruling. 
Number five was letting the players argue too much or letting the players drive the conversation. Number four was not making sure the players understand or are okay with the ruling before leaving. Number three was not asking enough questions to make sure you understand the situation. Number two was not investigating to find out if a player might be cheating. And number one was RTFC. Read the card. Please. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? (laughs) No. Um, Like I said at the beginning of the show, everyone loves a good listicle. um, And we are surely going to have missed some things that you may think are more common or more problematic than these. So let us know. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you to both of my hosts for joining me on this episode. As always, Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode number 216. And remind you that you can find all of our episodes at judgecast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can email us, judgecast at gmail.com, and you can also uh, get a, get to us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, and I just want to say that I'm Jess Dunks, and I keep it fair. I'm Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman, and and I want I want a fan club. I want a BPFC. A BPFC. A BPFC. (laughs) 